Hey, there, my fellow podcast enthusiasts. Welcome back to another episode of Magicast.ai, where we delve into the world of economics with a touch of humor. I'm your host, and oh boy, today we're going to tackle a theory that's as elusive as finding a unicorn on a roller coaster, the aggregate demand theory. But fear not, my friends, because I'm here to break it down for you in a way that even a talking parrot could understand. So, let's dive right in, shall we? Now, Keynesian economics, if you haven't heard of it, is a theory that looks at total spending in the economy and how it affects output and inflation. According to these Keynesian folks, aggregate demand is influenced by a whole bunch of economic decisions, both public and private. And let me tell you, sometimes it behaves as erratically as my neighbor's cat when it sees a laser pointer. You see, economists have had quite the battle royale when it comes to the relative powers of monetary and fiscal policies. Some Keynesians claim that monetary policy is as useless as a screen door on a submarine, while others argue that fiscal policy is about as effective as whispering to the wind. But guess what? Nowadays, smarty pants in the field agree that both policies can affect aggregate demand. How about that for a shocker? According to Keynesian theory, changes in aggregate demand, whether we see them coming or not, have the most impact on real output and employment in the short run, not so much on prices. These Keynesian models often assume that prices and wages are as stubborn as someone who insists on wearing Crocs to a fancy gala. Scientists are still trying to figure out why anyone would do that, by the way. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Keynesian models use what they call a multiplier effect. Picture this, imagine someone tossing a pebble into a calm pond. The ripples spread out and affect the whole surface. Well, according to Keynesians, changes in spending create a ripple effect on output, and it multiplies the original change. It's like using magic to turn a single dollar into a thousand. Please don't try that at home. And hey, in case you're thinking that Keynesian analysis only works when the multiplier is greater than 1.0, well, you're wrong. Contrary to popular belief, all Keynesian economics needs is for that multiplier to be greater than zero. Yeah. I know, math can be a little bit backward sometimes. But what sets these Keynesian wizards apart from other economists? Well, they have a few key beliefs, my friends. First, they don't think that unemployment is peachy keen, partly because it can be affected by the whims of aggregate demand, and partly because they believe that prices take their sweet time adjusting. They see unemployment as both too high on average and too unpredictable. So, if you see a Keynesian economist heading to the casino wearing a lower unemployment t-shirt, now you know why. Now, a lot of Keynesians are all aboard the activist stabilization policy train. They want to smooth out those crazy dips and dives in the economy, because let's face it, roller coasters are fun, but not when it's your financial future at stake. They believe in government intervention to reduce the roller coaster effect, but even within the Keynesian world, some people are like, eh, maybe not such a good idea. It's like having a heated debate about whether pineapple belongs on pizza, you're either all in or thinking it's a culinary crime. But hold on tight, because here comes the twist in our story. A lot of economists, even those who aren't strictly labeled as Keynesians, actually agree with most of these beliefs. What makes Keynesians stand out is their love for aggressive expansionist policies. They want the government to take the bull by the horns and drive that economy like there's no tomorrow. They truly believe that these macroeconomic fluctuations are big buzzkills for economic well-being, and that the government is the superhero cape we need.
Now, back in the 80s, there was a big showdown between the Keynesians and the new classical economists. It was like a dance-off where the judges couldn't agree on who had the best moves. The debate mainly revolved around those first three beliefs of Keynesianism, and boy, it was quite the spectacle. Imagine economists throwing theoretical punches left and right. But let's fast forward a bit. Remember how Keynesians used to think that a little bit of inflation was a small price to pay for low unemployment? Well, guess who came to challenge that idea? Milton Friedman, the monetarist, and Edmund Phelps, the Keynesian, joined forces and said, whoa, hold your horses. That's not necessarily the case. And you know what? They had the evidence to back it up. It was like a plot twist in a telenovela, unexpected but totally captivating. But fear not, my dear listeners, for Keynesian theory rose from the ashes like a phoenix and continues to predict periods of persistent, involuntary unemployment. It may be a little bit messy, but hey, life isn't always a perfectly balanced equation, am I right? So there you have it, the magical world of aggregate demand theory, brought to you by yours truly. I hope I've shed some light on this mysterious concept, and maybe even made you chuckle along the way. Until next time, stay curious and remember, economics is like a roller coaster ride, just hang on tight and enjoy the adventure. And before we say goodbye, here's a magic trick for you, Pop. I'm not a robot anymore.